Raging Asian. Raging Asian. Acha Hong Hong Nijin. Sunye the Yajo. Nagang Ali Tashano. Asia Ukra. Mangamuk Asia. Arekuru Asia Jin. Songnan Asia. Raging Asian. Ura Asia Ali. No Choa. Funky Ilum Asia. Kuro Asia. Hey, Raging Asians. This is Chloe Mayi, and this is episode six of our community series. This week, I chatted with Dean, also known as Tian, who I met a year ago on a camping trip in northern Quebec with uh, some new friends of mine. Dean is a nutritionist working in the greater Montreal region. She used to work with seniors, and now she works in a diabetes clinic as a nutritionist. She talks to us about her experience working during the pandemic in the hospital as a nutritionist. And the story she shares might make you cry, might make you laugh. You know, we go through a range of emotions in this episode that I think will really, really strike a nerve and really touch your hearts. So I really hope you enjoy. I want to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the land known as Jojage of the Ganyan Kehaga people and the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. To settlers, it's known as Montreal, and to me, it's the place I've called home. As an Asian, second-generation immigrant and settler of mixed heritage, working on this community project, I need to acknowledge the history and the experiences of the people who have come before us and those who continue to share this land with us in the spirit of community. Cool, so I'm gonna start by introducing you. So our next guest is Dean Yuan. Yuan? Yeah. Did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A nutritionist in a diabetes clinic who I met on a camping trip last last fall, actually. Yeah, we just established. Yeah, that was in September, I think. Uh, way up north in, like, northern Quebec somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, a, what a way to meet. Um, but so amazing, honestly. It felt like we had already knew each other and were already friends. <laughs> Um, I know. And like after chatting a little bit, it was it was so crazy to me that we found um, similar people in common that we actually worked with um, because Dean is a nutritionist. And at the time well, it was the pandemic and you were working at the hospital and I was working in the seniors home and we had realized that we actually ended up knowing a few of the seniors in common. Um, yeah, it was so, so unexpected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just like sharing stories together of the same people. Uh, some of our favorite. It was so much fun. Our favorite residents. Yeah, yeah, sitting around the campfire <laughs> and just talking about the memories. Uh, good times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great time. Um, Dean, uh, you also... You're Taiwanese, uh, so you identify as Taiwanese, 
and uh, your name so your name is Dean but also you know I noticed on Facebook that you have like the in brackets T and is that how you would say is that that's your like mm-hmm. Chinese name Taiwanese name yeah T-I or T-I mm-hmm. people pronounce it differently yeah but it's you know yeah. I yeah. take both um so is Dean is like the English pronunciation of of Tian. Yeah, so there's actually a really funny story behind this whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, first of all, I grew up in Taiwan, and uh, my parents gave me like the weirdest English name ever when I was in Taiwan, which is Duran, <laughs> which I never used since I came to Canada because I was okay. like, "What is that name?" <laughs> and then so. Funny thing about Taiwan is that unlike in China, there's like um, a pinyin system where we're able to spell mm-hmm. out Chinese uh, words using, um, you know, English letters. In Taiwan, mm-hmm. we don't use that. We have, um, you know, we use zhuyin, which is a, a separate, mm-hmm. a different system, completely different from the uh, alphabets uh, that we mm-hmm. use to uh, pronounce the words. So mm-hmm. whenever we're translating words in Taiwan, Chinese to English, I mean, yeah, translating them, um, the the words become really funny and weird. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's so, so cool! Though. My Mandarin n- name is actually Yuan De An, so Yuan being my last name, okay. and then uh, De An being my uh, first name. Mm-hmm. But then when I came to Canada, I saw my passport for the first time. I saw T An, and I'm just like, that's not my name. <laughs> my name is De An. Why De- do they translate uh, to? and I didn't even know how to pronounce my own name (laughs) oh yeah oh my god that must have been such a like funny moment to like see it on paper differently than like how you're used to it and then like not knowing how to say your own name anymore wow exactly and then so for the longest time I just didn't accept the name Tian mm. and then I would tell people to call me the An you know so D-E um, space A-N instead of T-E space A-N mm-hmm. um, and then back then you know we used to use MSN like the chatting yeah. system for oh people god. who are old yes. enough you would know oh my god MSN <laughs> yes <laughs> And then, so I would always chat with my friends, and then they would, like, type the and the and But then at one point, for some reason, they got lazy. They didn't want to type the space anymore, mm. so they just end up putting the the and together, okay. so it became Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also so such a different-sounding name completely than the and right? Yeah. Exactly, because it so happened that, like, my two, like, the two words mm-hmm. uh, both end, like, it ended with a vowel and it started with a vowel, right? right? Yeah. So you just connect it and it became Dean, which is, you know, it's more a masculine name. <laughs> At first, I didn't accept it. Mm. And then at one point, just like, you know what? Just call me Dean. I gave up. Everyone's already calling me Dean. So I just took right. it and it became my English name. Yeah. yeah. That's sad. But I think. Story. Yeah. I know. But I think there's also a little factor of me wanting to blend in with mm. the society. For sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm always someone who's like, I don't want to trouble people. Um, and I think that's something that I acquire as an immigrant. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always feel like it is a trouble for people to learn my Chinese name. Yeah. And it's not easy for them mm-hmm. to learn it. Um, which later on, I realized that they are supposed to learn my name properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I should not be apologetic about that yeah. at all. So... You know, nowadays I'm being more, a little bit more uh, open to people calling me Tia, which is a name that I just haven't been called mm. by for the longest time right, ever. Right, Because, yeah. like, now, I mean, now that you've been in Canada, like, how many years now? 
Um, it's been 14 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so you, you know, you've been called Dean for 14 years. <laughs> or, yeah. Actually, I think Dean only started when I went to Egypt. So oh, okay. it's been, I would say, maybe seven, eight years. Okay. So it's funny, like my high school friends, when they see me, they're like having like a little, you know, like shock being like, are you Tian or are you Dean now? Because right. like they used to know me as Tian and then yeah. all of a sudden I'm Dean. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. But so like in general, do you still prefer the Dian? as opposed to Dean, like just in general, or? Yeah, so it's like, when people call me Dean with like an English accent to my Chinese name, I'm actually not super used to <laughs> yeah. it. Now. I know, now I'm like, I almost pronounced it with like a French, like Dean, like, that's, <laughs> so it's like, exactly. Franklish, so my brain is just like, English, what is going yeah, on? <laughs> so many languages, like we were talking about this already, like you needing to have a coffee so you can speak English and like, I totally relate, like, just after a day's work of French, English, like, (sighs) translating or, like, oh, man, your brain just, like, can't do it anymore. I know, joy of living in Quebec. Yeah, oh, my God. Wow. So then I just tell people, just make it easy, call me Dean, or, you know, call me Tian, which is a, you know, French or English name that at least I'm a little bit more used to than Dan with the English accent, <laughs> or the French accent attitude. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's oh wow, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so you're a first generation immigrant, then, right? Because yeah. yeah, you mm-hmm. um, immigrated. Did you immigrate with your parents too, or? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my whole family came. Well, like, not the entire family, just, like, my sisters, my brother, mm-hmm. uh, my mom, and my dad. Okay, yeah. yeah. And have you guys, I mean, I'm guessing you probably still have some family in Taiwan, too? And Yeah, you- so I still have a bit. I don't have that many family in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, part of my family, like, some of them, like, some of my aunts are in, um, like, California. Okay. Um, yeah. and Vancouver yeah so North America in general yeah. but I would say most of them are still in Taiwan okay yeah do you go back often or I mean or yeah yeah I've only been back to Taiwan honestly once since I came to Canada mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it was like the first thing I did when I graduated from university because for the yeah. longest time I've been trying to save up my own money to be able to go back because yeah. I didn't want to add too much like financial burden to my parents right. and also yeah, with like school sure. it was like really busy during the summer and just busy working and yeah. um, so first thing when I graduated from university which was like three years ago I'm like I'm going back to Taiwan mm. so first yeah. time I went back I met some of my um I think they're my cousins yeah my cousins but they're mm-hmm. very young so um okay yeah they were all born after I came to Canada so I never met them oh. and wow. they're so cute it's just like I have three Aww. little cousins that I never met yeah. and I finally got to meet Aww. them it was so nice mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah. yeah I can imagine you're like also freshly graduated you're going like traveling going to taiwan and then there's all these like baby cousins you know that you haven't met and you're getting to meet for the first time exactly Um, and that trip i think i made it really clear in my head that like the um, 
the purpose of it is to reconnect with my roots. I think that was something mm. that I've been longing for. So yeah. actually, most of my time there, only three weeks. It wasn't that long. Um, I spent a lot of time just being with my grandma, being with my family, mm. going to places, but nothing too far. Just to reconnect with, you know, old friends. You know, I still had a yeah. really close friend, uh, in Taiwan. Which after I came. Um, you know, I, after I came back to Canada, she actually came to visit me in Montreal and stay with oh, me for nice. three months. Yeah, yeah, and then we still oh, wow. FaceTime. So she was like my, um, you know, childhood, like well, primary school best friend, which you know we still mm-hmm. we're still very close to each other. So yeah. just like going to visit the old places I've been to since half my life was you know in Taiwan. So I have a lot of memories yeah. there, and I miss a lot of places and people there. Yeah, so it was a really yeah. memorable trip, and I, and um, yeah. I just remember I try. I want to eat a lot of different foods, and uh, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously everyone wants to do that. But I remember so mm. clearly that after all the foods I've eaten, the best food was the childhood favorite of mine. You know, it was oh. better than any like mm-hmm. really great food, expensive foods I tried when I went yeah. back to Taiwan. The best food was still that. Mm. It's a it's a traditional Taiwanese uh, food, street food. It's called rou yuan. It's something that you mm. really don't find it often in North America because it's okay. so traditional oh. and so you know specific to Taiwan. Yeah. Mm. What What is it? Uh, it's like um I don't even know how it's made honestly, but it's like a glutinous ball, like semi transparent, and then inside mm-hmm. they put some meat in it, and then mm, I don't know what yum. they do, but they put it in oil to cook it, but it's like cold mm-hmm. oil I think or warm oil, oh, okay. yeah, uh-huh. to cook it a little bit, and then mm. they drizzle with some red sauce. I don't even know what's made of, Ooh, and then they put yeah. some cilantro on them. Oh, it's so good. Ooh. Mm. wow that sounds so good yeah oh my god that's uh that's definitely one thing i need to travel to asia that's just like you know i haven't been so um you have just to. yeah i guess i'm like you know I, I kept saying like oh when i graduate or like you know when i take time off and like i have a long period of time that i can go and like really spend some time and like go to many places in Asia, you know, like, I don't want to just go to Hong Kong or mainland China, you know, I want to go to, like, Vietnam and, like, Thailand and Taiwan. Taiwan, like, is one place my mom visited when she was in her 20s and absolutely loved Taiwan. Wow, yeah. yeah. And she she almost said she felt more at home in Taiwan than she did in Hong no Kong, way. honestly. Yeah, she just thought, like, everyone was so nice and just, like, kind of more accepting i don't know yeah yeah I, he has like some stories yeah you know, from hong kong and just i i went actually <laughs> went to hong city. kong for a quick three days when i went back to taiwan mm. um for yeah. some paperwork reason um and i i felt mm-hmm. hong kong is like really nice but it's very fast paced because it's a yeah, you know it's, it's a really big city it's a really big place uh compared to taiwan where it's like I find mm-hmm. it's like generally slower unless if you go to like the 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 city the like Taipei places yeah. like that yeah right uh-huh. yeah yeah um so you, when you came to Canada I mean, I'm trying to do the math quickly but I can't um you were just about to start CJEP or were you still in high school even um, oh when I came to Canada oh yeah uh I was really young I was actually doing okay. my sixth grade <laughs> oh my god okay so way even before okay. Oh, sixth grade. Okay, so you did most of your schooling and I mean high school and everything um in Canada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And 
I'm just curious like about um did your family kind of uh find a Taiwanese community or Chinese community or kind of build their community here in Canada um or like was it in Quebec first or did you guys move from in in a different province first or Mm-hmm. Well, we actually came straight to Montreal, and uh, okay. part of the reason why we chose to come to Montreal is because, um, so we already have a family friend of ours from Taiwan mm. who immigrated to Montreal, okay. and um, and then because we had that connection, we know someone there, so my parents chose to come to Montreal and just kind of like settle mm-hmm. down, um, you know, mm. close to where they live too in Dorval in Montreal. Okay, yeah. Um, and it just so happens that in Montreal, there's actually quite a bit of you know, Taiwanese um, community mm-hmm. there, some Chinese community, uh, mm-hmm. which I don't think it was, like, purposely, you know, chosen by my parents to be like, oh, I want to be surrounded mm-hmm. by, you know, Taiwanese or Chinese, but it just happened that mm-hmm. way. And right. uh, when we landed in uh, Montreal, uh, we started going to this church, uh, you know, this mm-hmm. local church, uh, a Chinese church um, in Dorval. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. And uh, that's actually where I met some of, like, all of my first friends in in mm. in Canada, yeah, who yeah. are like you know trilingual by then, like they were speaking right. French, English, and Mandarin, and they wow. were like the only friends I could make at that time because I couldn't speak mm-hmm. French or English, and oh, you know yeah, they yeah. can somehow use their you know semi fluent Mandarin to communicate <laughs> with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Because there's all these. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, like churches usually have like groups for the children or like catechism too. Um, and different like did you have to go to like Sunday school or catechism classes yeah yeah so Sunday schools yeah so we had mm-hmm. that and uh, uh, Sunday schools were mostly done in English though um, mm-hmm. but I think it's like really for the Sunday school that I learned um, English the most mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh, at the same time I get to still talk to them and then they would like you know, teach me, you know, through talking to them, they will always mix in some English, French, you know, in mm-hmm. whatever we speak. So mm-hmm. it's funny when we're together, we speak like, you know, three languages, we, we call it yeah. Ching Fringlish. We call it, oh we do God. like three languages <laughs> together, <laughs> but I ended up picking out some French and English by mm. like hanging out with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, I mean, I wanted to like, we can talk more about the religion aspect, like in, in Chinese Christians or Taiwanese Christians, you know, because I think that is something, well, I mean, there are Christians all over the world, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing I remember in some of my like intro courses to East Asian studies that um, I even like some of my family is Christian, but I hadn't mm-hmm. even um, realized how big the Chinese and Taiwanese Christian communities are like there's a lot of Catholic Asians out there you know and um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's not something that maybe gets a lot of attention but Mm -hmm. um most of my family isn't Catholic but I have an uncle who uh converted and is a Mm -hmm. born-again Christian I believe yeah and and um so his his family and his wife is also a chinese catholic and so she grew up in the church and kind of and their kids go to church and everything Mm -hmm. so they're pretty religious um and then you know most of my other aunts and uncles are are really not religious Mm -hmm. at all right and my grandparents my chinese grandparents not religious Mm -hmm. at all really 
but um like my sister and uh the only like Chinese school that was or closest available to us in Montreal was the Chinese Catholic Association who like uh they they have like they had martial arts classes they had Chinese classes they had wow. um, anyway so like that my sister for a few years did like Chinese school and it was taught by Catholic Chinese nuns <laughs> which oh, um, wow. they always joke are like um really strict and really scary because just like you know the the strictness of of kind of Chinese like hard work and ethic and then on top of combined. like <laughs> combined with the Catholic like you know strictness and everything is like just double and like more intense that sounds really so, intense yeah. um, oh man yeah. so unfortunately my sister didn't last long it was like too scary for her as a kid um but oh man yeah. i hope that didn't traumatize her though <laughs> it actually this is a funny story like um it took my chinese uncle kept would pick my sister up from her chinese lessons because like also all of the the chinese nuns would make my mom feel bad they're like you're not speaking oh. chinese at home like you're not a good mother like all these like really intense things so my mom mm. stopped picking her up from the classes and my uncle would yeah. but then it was my uncle who was like you know Amelia, like, my sister's name is Amelia, like, mm-hmm. she's, I don't think she's enjoying it, maybe we shouldn't mm-hmm. send her to the school, but mm-hmm. anyways, um, yeah, it was, oh, it's man. kind of, we laugh about it now, but, you know, it's like, yeah, that yeah. what's honestly what's sad about, like, religion is that, like, obviously, we, we believe that there's a God because we're not perfect, right, we recognize that, mm-hmm. you know, we need something greater than just human beings, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously, because we're not perfect, it means that we do sometimes, like, often it's not perfect, and it's far from being perfect, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's what turns people away from, from God, so sometimes, just like, no, like, don't let human beings turn mm. you away from mm. like jesus give <laughs> jesus a chance mm. right give him directly a chance mm. but yeah so hopefully one day <laughs> you know opportunities will come out where your sister will have a better experience <laughs> yeah i mean already you know me and my sister kind of we do want to learn chinese and we do like in some ways kind of regret that we didn't stick with it mm. um but it, I mean, it was it was difficult just learning French and English at the same time and then add Chinese into the mix, you know. So, but, yeah. you know, now we're at the stage in our lives that we're actively seeking out that and trying to learn about it more and learn, learn the language, too. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so now yeah. we just see it as a funny story. But <laughs> you should definitely go for it. I mean, yeah. I can't. You you probably want to learn Cantonese, right? Yeah, Not exactly. Mandarin. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say I could help you, but I was like, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> I don't speak Cantonese. <laughs> oh, but just like speaking of the language element, um, I'm just thinking about this, the senior, I won't say her name, but that we like kind of bonded and by talking about her, um, that we both had met during the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. Because I because I don't speak Mandarin, I had been trying to, like, communicate with her, um, in, like, very broken Mandarin, um, and, like, Google Translate, right, but, um, I mean, still, like, I'm just, like, that, 
also must have been tough for you working during the pandemic and like um I don't know did you have a lot of Asian uh like clients or or uh residents that you were working with and then yeah so um so when I was working in the hospital so my hospital is kind of like combined with the hospital and also has a long-term care center on the second floor which I was in charge of um there honestly wasn't many Asians there there's like I think like one Filipino Mm -hmm. uh there's like one Cantonese speaking lady um and uh eventually um the resident that we're talking about uh she kind of arrived you know like fairly recently compared to other residents who's been there for like many many years Mm -hmm. um definitely during Mm -hmm. the pandemic it was very very rough like um you know our the Mm long-term care center i was working on uh was one of the long-term care center that has a huge outbreak of covid where um many people passed away and um like i've seen some really uh some scenes that i think on the spot my my mind just decided to just harden my heart so that I don't get too bothered by it um but whenever I think Mm, back to it it just like hits me I was like wow this was happening in front of my eyes which I think part of myself was trying to protect my emotions by trying not to react too hard to it um yeah, yeah it was really hard and um but man like the resident we're talking about okay so let's say her name is let's mm-hmm. say rebecca okay so just you know yes yeah we'll call yeah her so now. oh my gosh so when i first met her uh it was like before the pandemic and um and then mm-hmm. I remember seeing her name and, you know, when you read the name, sometimes you can just tell if it's uh, a Mandarin, like if she's Mandarin or more Cantonese, right? And then when I read her name, yeah. I was like, oh, I feel like she speaks Mandarin. I was like, wow, great. I can like help her and see, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do with my extra skills of right. being able to speak different languages. And then uh, yeah. I went to see her and um, I just remember she's like this cutest little lady ever. Like her eyes are yeah. so big and so watery and so cute. Mm-hmm. And she looks so <laughs> lost too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. She's in her own world kind of, you know, most mm-hmm. of the time. But honestly, not in a bad way though. In a kind of like a peaceful yeah. way. I, I don't know if you feel that way, but like she wasn't even kind of sad or like upset about kind of being in her own world she um, almost like preferred it <laughs> I, I think so yeah. i think that had a certain layer of protection for her uh, after all that had happened mm. to her um you know i've you know i think she yeah. has like uh alzheimer uh diagnosed yeah. Yeah. um yeah. and uh yeah i just remember when i met her for the first time i cried right i was telling you that i cried oh, yeah because i asked her yeah. like you know i was talking to her and then she realized i spoke mandarin she didn't want me to leave she kept begging me to yeah. stay and i was oh. like you know what i'll take some time to chat with her and i chatted yeah. with her at one point i asked her like so why did you come to canada right like you're she's like 70 mm-hmm. year old and uh you know yeah. there she is and i was in long-term care and then when i asked her mm-hmm. that question she told me she doesn't know why she came to canada Oh. And that just hit me so hard. Oh my hard. god, my heart, yeah. Because, like, so many oh. immigrants, they come here. Oh my gosh, I'm tearing up already. I know. <laughs> yeah. And especially, like, those elderly people who come here for their sons and daughters. Yeah, for their family, it, yeah. It's like being uprooted, you know, completely yeah. when you're completely. in the last stage of your life and you have to completely... Mm-hmm 
readapt、oh、when、God. it's already hard enough for someone.、Yeah. You know,、oh, when I was eleven, I, w- I remember I was crying in my room because I didn't、yeah. have friends. But imagine someone who had like sixty, seventy years、oh, of their life, life in China, and they just come yeah, to Canada,、yeah. and then you end up with Alzheimer, and then you don't even know why you came to Canada in the first yeah, place. Yeah.、Oh. And then, and I remember、uh, having this conversation with her too, or、mm. um, she she had a like a pretty incredible life, like she. Taught. She was a teacher. She was a mathematic she, teacher math in teacher. university. Yeah, in university. Yes. Exactly. Like, that's a prestigious. Like, oh my gosh, and like, so you can just imagine. Like, she was brilliant. Like, she had a whole like. I mean, mathematics professors are like geniuses, right?、Yeah. And I mean, still like, oh. This was a funny moment. She was because I didn't speak Mandarin. You know, one exercise I would like write out like the numbers, like one, two, and then we would just practice saying them because I didn't know how to say them in Mandarin.、Mm-hmm. I could say them in Cantonese, but then she would like teach me. You know,、mm-hmm. um, almost as if the, I was like you know one of her students, right? And she's kind she of she was teaching everyone Mandarin. <laughs> It's so funny.、Yeah. All the、oh、all the um ah、uh, the the us、uh, um we call it preposé okay service A right the, they、yeah. all end up learning her room number <laughs> in Chinese、uh, in Chinese oh my god oh I love that so funny、wow. so they will、oh. all come to me and they they will be like try to pronounce me be like Dean did I cor- <laughs> pronounce it correctly this uh lady、yeah. she taught me <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's so cute! Oh my god, so、oh. cute! Ev- What a lady! Everyone、yeah. adored her, and I remember like、mm. when I first talked to her, and then, I mean, I stayed there for like a long time. I had to go back to work and do something else, and I just remember、mm-hmm. she was begging me not to go. She was like, "Don't go,、oh, please! Don't leave me here、yeah. alone!" And I was like crying,、oh. and I, even when I was crying,、oh, she、yeah. she was like, "I'm sorry, did I do something wrong?" Did I do something、oh, wrong to you? Oh my God, no! And I and I just start crying like, even more.、No. I'm like, no, you didn't、more. do anything wrong. <laughs> oh my、fault. God, yeah. She. I remember she did that too. Like、mm. one day, I mean, I couldn't understand what she was saying, but she was just she was holding my hand and would not let go. Yes. And like she understood that I it was like the end of my shift or something, you know, and I was saying like. Bye. See you tomorrow. And then she would just like turn and like serious face and just like hold on to my arm because she didn't want me to leave. And I was just like, oh my god, my heart. You know, it、yeah. tugs at your heart, and it's like, how can I leave? I don't want to leave you. Like,、uh, you know, and even though I don't speak much Mandarin, like at least there's an effort, and not there's not always an effort to try to communicate, but. You know, it's an isolating experience. Yeah. For someone who doesn't speak English or French, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and most of the day she spends like watching French television. <laughs> I know. TV, TV. But she she would start to learn French. It was funny. She would like point to the TV and say like TVA, <laughs> like, which is a French news channel. <laughs> But she, you know, she enjoyed watching TVA, and so.、Aww. She is so、oh, cute.、No. She is so oh, cute. Yeah, I love her, and she's a champ. She survived COVID. After COVID,、yeah. she caught pneumonia, and she survived、oh, that.、Yeah. And、yeah. you know, and then there she is doing really well. And 
Uh, I don't know how yeah. she's doing now because I don't work there anymore. Really? So yeah. I really hope she's. I okay. know. Sometimes I'm still like, oh, I would love to go visit her, yeah. but I also know on the flip side, it's gonna be so hard to leave her, you know, as well. So it's like, yeah, it's a difficult. Oh, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, these are the kinds of things that remind me, at least, like why I'm doing the things that I'm doing mm-hmm. and I'm sure for you too right like as a nutritionist and uh mm-hmm. just like it, it gives kind of um I don't know if validation is the right word but you're like inspired to kind of do more and and in the ways that you can right yeah. to, to help people exactly to help people to see you know what our capabilities are you know, also our privilege, mm-hmm. you know, of yeah. living in Canada. Like, what is it that we can do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, I know you mentioned that, like, uh, in your practice, like, you don't have too many Asian clients or community uh, members that, are, that come through. But I guess I'm, I was kind of curious because... I wanted to talk about like food with you because since you're a nutritionist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm also thinking like Asian food is just like such a big part of um, my life. And so I'm kind of curious about like Asian food and your inspiration to become a nutritionist. And I guess like how you kind of, um, yeah, your, your like professional journey. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm like, I'm just like generally a very simple minded person. So how I got into the program and is um, I was already in science program in, um, in CSHEP mm-hmm. and uh, it was a mm-hmm. lot of hard work, you know, and then getting to, mm-hmm. you know, choosing a program university, I realized I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I, you know, I mm-hmm. basically went into science because you know, the Asian parents always tell us that, oh, you have to go into science, you know, and right. there's a guaranteed <laughs> yeah. job. Don't don't become an artist. Right. You're going to end up homeless, yeah. you know, kind of mentality. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. for the longest time, I've just been like working so yeah. hard just to go into science yeah. without knowing why I was in there. And I just mm-hmm. remember looking at all the programs like, oh, no, I don't want to become a chemist. Oh, I don't want to become a, you know, <laughs> you know I don't want to become a doctor. <laughs> like, I mean, I, yeah. I can't even if I want to. <laughs> and then I saw dietetics, which is a program to become mm-hmm. a nutritionist, a practicing nutritionist mm-hmm. in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, well, oops, my AirPods fell. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, I love food and I'm in science. So that's the best way to combine like my yeah, passion with yeah, what I'm doing without sure. wasting it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then I end up becoming, I actually consider becoming a chef because I really love food. I love oh, to yeah. eat. Oh, cool. But then I was like, wait a second, I don't think I'm ready for all the physical hard work <laughs> of becoming a cook. Right. So then yeah. I was like, okay, let me just mm, become a dietitian. So luckily I got into mm. the program and yes. um and actually becoming a dietitian is so different from what i expected it to be um yeah, okay. i remember like when i first chose to become a dietitian going to dietetics someone asked mm-hmm. me like okay dean what are you gonna do as a dietitian um help rich fat people lose weight and i, I was just like oh so God. shocked i was like what do you mean by that and then yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I got into dietetics without necessarily knowing clearly what I will be doing. Right. But 
you right. know, I figure it'd be something along the lines of helping people to eat better and know more mm. about nutrition, which sounds really interesting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then when I got into dietetics, um, I realized what I knew about nutrition is completely different mm-hmm. from, mm. you know, what actually what nutrition really is about. Right. It's actually so right. complex that even nowadays mm. the scientific world, the world hasn't completely figured out, you know, what is really yeah. the definition of, you know, a, a healthy mm. a healthy diet. There's a general think, guideline, yeah. but there's so much behind yeah. it. And it, it's changing too, you know, like sometimes you hear like, okay, you know, you see that like the Canada Food Guide, right? Which is also very like wrong in many ways because different cultural communities have different diets right but like just the idea of like this much dairy this much like wheat or grains and this much car like all of these things um and then some people say no like um plant-based diet like you don't need necessarily like all of that like um meat or protein like just fruits and vegetables and whole grains like so there's so many mixed um like uh, theories out there and and different um like messages that like people you know it's i what you're saying right now about how like the scientific community hasn't figured it quite out because there's there's so many factors right there and, is um, yeah and yeah. you know it's like you were mentioning about the food guide and uh, recently it was changed mm-hmm. right to i don't know if you ever seen like mm-hmm. the plate you know have to play filled yeah. with vegetables a yeah. quarter with you know carbs and yeah. a quarter with um with a protein um mm-hmm. you know like all that is like kind of like shifting the whole like the standard of healthy eating to something a little bit more intuitive um mm-hmm. yeah like the the i something i like about the can the new canada's food guide is that not only do they talk about like the actual food but they also talk about how we approach food so actually the second page mm-hmm. of it you'll see like mm-hmm. oh eat mi- mindfully you know when you're eating pay right. attention to the food so then your body actually register yeah. and recognizes that yeah. oh you're eating and then so eventually true. will give you you know the signal that oh mm. okay be careful you're getting full you know listening to your right. body all of that is something right. that i think for the longest time in a very scientific driven world we start to you know f- mm. f- like kind of let go of letting our body to be in control of you know right. that intuition that we all yeah. have within our body and our mind to right. guide us mm-hmm. to you know what is a healthy eating you know yeah yeah and then we just kind of let the whole calories the the nutritional table you know to drive yeah. our our you know our needs to eat which you know mm-hmm. sometimes can kind of like bite us back because we start losing that intuition yeah. um you know yeah. when it comes yeah, to yeah. food and our hunger and fullness. for sure yeah especially like people either just now eating for sustenance eating on the go or eating in front of a screen or like not even really taking the time to sit down and eat, but you're just like, you're running to work, you're running to school, eat something fast, you know, get that sustenance, but like without, and that's when your body doesn't register like what you were saying, like fullness or not, or, you know, because you're not being mindful, you're not kind of um, letting your body and mind kind of connect with what you're 
eating and putting in your body right so yeah exactly Ooh. often people come to me they just want to talk about like the actual micro macronutrients and then often I'd be like <laughs> wait a second how much time do you yeah. take to eat your meal are you eating on when you're on your phone are you you know are you always yeah. on the run are you you know mm-hmm. let's talk about the eating habits you know instead of like directly yeah. focusing on the nutrients yeah right. or the number or like yeah 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 exactly oh and, for sure and there's like even more yeah. uh more and more talks about how like our body size does not detect our health status right mm. and uh mm-hmm. you know that's such a uh you know a long-standing issue where you know in the whole medical mm. community we base so much on the body weight the bmi but you know right. there's more and more scientific uh evidence that is showing that there's actually a lot of, uh, you know, weight biases being, you know, mm. subconsciously put in place as we're just, you know, kind of deciding on, uh, oh, yeah. you know, some, you know, some, some medical or health standards. And there's just right. as much um, like prejudice for biases mm. towards weight and body sizes as, you know, we have against race in this world right, yeah yeah. That's so true, yeah so yeah 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 so we you That's know really there's this concept of uh, health at every size where um you know we mm. talk more about okay. how you know our our body weight a healthy body weight it's not uh dictated by your bmi it's actually you know suggested right. that is whatever weight that you achieve by eating comfortably respecting your fullness respecting mm-hmm. your hunger and you know enjoying your body movements you know whether or not it's intensive or a very lightweight as long as you're doing some body movements that you enjoy and whatever body weight that you achieve with all yeah you know all the things that you're doing that's a healthy body weight for you yeah Mm -hmm. oh it's interesting that you say that like um recently my mom like diabetes runs in her family and uh she never got diabetes for the longest time um and she has like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all of these things that really, especially after her pregnancies with me and my sister, like just kind of heightened. And they were worried too that when she was pregnant, she might get gestational diabetes at certain points. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, you know, they have her going to nutritionists and, and stuff and talking about um weight and you know lots of doctors are just like oh just lose weight Mm -hmm. like you know you won't have to worry about like diabetes all of these things but um it's funny like when we did go to a nutritionist like the nutritionist you know kind of uh in talking and and seeing what my mom eats and stuff um was like well you eat really healthy like it's not um there's not much there you know like that she had was saying and you know, I kind of went in expecting the nutritionist to be like, okay, stop eating this, stop doing this, you know, like all these things, right? Um, but that's not what she did at all. She was like, no, keep doing what you're doing. It's good. And um, it's not about like cutting things out. And it's not, you know, there's all these misconceptions about that. And um, especially, well, maybe this was a different like nutritionist because she had seen one before who was kind of saying like, oh, you know, maybe was even racist, mm. but like saying, you know, Asian people, like, you have to stop eating rice, you know, because like, <laughs> right? Like, Asian people eat too much rice and that's just like white carbs. That's not good for you, you know? Um, no. And so, um, yeah, you know, so wow. it's, 
that's where kind of the cultural insensitivity and yes. um, you know like just not being aware of like like Asian culture or like Asian foods right um to know that it's actually a very healthy diet mm. and in some ways my mom talks about like her immigrating to Canada and taking a western diet did a lot worse to her health than um like most of the Chinese food that she eats is all super healthy and super good. Wow, I'm so sorry that yeah. she had that kind of experience. <laughs> Actually, there's more and more, um, you know, like awareness being talked mm. about amongst the dietitians of having to be more cultural inclusive, you know, about our dietary mm-hmm. teaching. You know, for example, mm. when I talk to Asians, I, you know, we're Chinese, right? You know, I, mm-hmm. I tell them, like, look, I know brown rice tastes disgusting to you, so <laughs> yeah. it's okay if you don't want to eat that. You know, of course, brown rice is a better option, but there's other ways to get your fiber in, right? Brown rice is not the right. only way. Yeah. So eat your white rice, but make sure you eat a lot of vegetables, you know? And yeah. then you can still, you right. know, get a very good, you know, uh, blood sugar mm-hmm. control. And, um, and then mm-hmm. it just, you know, weight and, you know, food, is, sometimes it's an easy way to blame it on someone, right? When... You know, yeah, you told me right. how your mom would, you know, had gestational diabetes, which puts on already at risk mm-hmm. of having type 2 diabetes. And then mm-hmm. plus, being Asian, unfortunately, uh, we're already at higher risk of having diabetes because of our genetic right. factor, you know. And that's mm-hmm. not something that we can just, like, erase it and then just not take that right. into consideration. It's not fair yeah. to us, you know. It's not because we did something right. wrong that we, no. we get diabetes mm-hmm. where we're at a higher risk of getting diabetes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's so true. And, like, I guess because food is very personal, right? Yes. It, like, and it's an intimate thing, like, what you eat and what you put in your body or, you know, or just what you enjoy eating. Uh, it's a very personal kind of choice. And so when something, like, there's health risks or, or um, like, like you're saying, it's easy in the scientific community to blame the person but at the same like there's a lot of guilt sometimes and like that's just yeah not the way that it should be and approached. guilt yeah. is like actually such a it's so damaging to your not only mental mm-hmm. health but physical health because guilt translates into tr- stress and stress mm-hmm. is often you know something that can cause some sort of inflammation in our body which can lead to right. a lot of other go other you know you know medical problems right and Mm -hmm. you know that's why Mm -hmm. i i absolutely hate it when doctors just be like the easiest solution is to lose weight but you know like at least elaborate a little bit more on that where just refer them to a nutritionist someone who's a better expert in this Mm -hmm. field you know to actually properly educate someone how to better Mm -hmm. manage their health and their body weight you know instead of just be like lose weight because if you once doctor tells someone to Mm -hmm. lose weight someone would just do anything just to lose weight right by not eating i've seen people who are eating like 800 calories per day and they're asking me why am i not losing weight i tell them of course you're under eating when you're under eating you're losing muscles and when you lose muscles you burn less calories in the day right and then you feel more tired you have less energy to exercise all these things come into play so uh, it's such a big issue yeah that's yeah there's like um there can be a lot of violence or damage in in sometimes the way that it uh, like either the message or like what yeah I guess what um, the kind of diagnosis or 
uh, what is that? The, oh man, I'm losing my words already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like, uh, prognosis. Yeah, and the the pathologizing of, yeah, yeah, like by pathologizing, uh, someone and their food and you know saying that it's bad or like oh yeah, yeah so moralizing exactly it. words have so much power so that's why when i talk about food i always remind people you know don't classify foods don't claim that certain foods is good or bad or evil or mm-hmm. better because you end up start animizing you know you start going against mm-hmm. the food and once you have that you know that disruptive relationship with food everything becomes harder because you're going to be afraid of food but the more you're afraid of food yeah. the more you'll try to run away but you still want it deep down so yeah. you'll end up going yeah. bad because you crave it so much <laughs> because you've been trying to resist yourself so i always tell people mm-hmm. that you know um over restriction is the best cocktail mm. to cause over indulgence right because you've been mm. restricting for so long yeah. in the end you just yeah. give in and you're like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna eat everything yeah. i could because for the longest time i couldn't yeah. have this food i always wanted right yeah yeah yeah. and then it just kind of reverses the hard work or like you know all of that stuff so exactly yeah Mm -hmm. so um i remember when we met on the camping trip too um i mean i automatic like you're so youthful i guess you know those asian genes right (laughs) anyways and then i found out that you were married or yeah you were married already um yeah no, you weren't engaged in, yeah, you were married, you were fully married, um, and I was like, oh my god, (laughs) wow, like, married lady here on our camping trip, um, and, uh, I mean, so I imagine that also has, um, connection with your Christian identity as well, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but, so, I don't know, I just thought it might be fun to know, like, what it's like being married, what it was like, um, in your your experience in the dating world and then um, mm. like finding your partner Eric and uh, yeah I don't know yeah. I thought that might be a fun it's fun story. that you're asking this um, <laughs> so so you know because of my deep root as um, you know in, in my identity as a Christian um, you know after mm-hmm. um, dating I've dated two boyfriends before dating Eric and uh, both are non-Christians and uh Okay. That's when I realized how important it is to find someone with mm. the the values that you share to share the same values as you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then so that's why I met Eric, and then we share the same values, and um, um, mm-hmm. and then so that's when I realized that wow, like you know, this is so important. I feel I feel very certain with this mm-hmm. person because value is something that's almost impossible to change. Is who you identi- yeah. identify yeah. as and who you are. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and that's how we kind of realized that, oh, like, we can be lifelong partners, right? Wow. And then... Wow. Uh, how did you guys initially meet, though, even? Yeah, we met, actually, in Sija. And uh, okay. it was in, like, one bio class that, he, like, it was odd that he took that class because he really <laughs> didn't need to. And for me, okay. I had to take it. So right. somehow we met through one of his friends because I knew one of his friends. And then... Uh, okay. But we didn't talk. At, like, I mean, we were friends, but we, we weren't dating. Right. We weren't even talking back then. No. Um, it was only until two years later, we both uh, went to McGill. But, you know, I was on a different okay. campus than his. And then okay. once I was walking downtown campus, so his campus, and then I bumped into him. 
I'm like, oh, hey, Eric,、mm-hmm. you know, long time no see. And then I think that's、mm-hmm. when we start to kind of like, you know, get back in touch and talk a little bit more.、Mm-hmm. And then back then、mm-hmm. we were both single. And then,、um, mm-hmm. so that's、mm-hmm. how we kind of talk more and realize, oh, we're really compatible.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, yeah. one thing that connected us is actually, I don't know if you know Maple Story. It's like <laughs> this Maple, Maple. Story. No. Yeah, it's like basically this、uh, online game that every single Asian used to play <laughs> when they were kids. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. What's it called? Maple Story? Yeah. Maple Story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, okay. It's, it's, it came from Korea. Yeah. That, that. Okay. And、oh, then,、cool. so we were both a big fan of it. And then we were like talking、yeah. about it. And then we talked about Pokemon. We talked about a lot of like、uh, common things that we share as a kind、yeah. of like a. Um, Asian, Asian, Canadian <laughs> here that would do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And right. then we really,、um, uh, you know, connected. And then that's、uh, when we started、mm-hmm. dating in university.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and were the people that you dated before not Asian as well? Or? So one was、okay. Lebanese, my first one.、Okay. <laughs> and then、mm-hmm. my second boyfriend was, he was also Asian. He was a Chinese Vietnamese,、okay. just like Eric. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Because、mm-hmm. I was just thinking when you were talking about like, you know,、um, bonding with Eric over like Pokemon and like the Maple Story game, I was just thinking、um, that is another thing, like just culturally as well,、um, that a lot of people have. Told me, like, there is something about just dating someone either of the same culture or a similar cultural background as you, even if that is like Asian American, or、um, that there's just certain things that kind of you get. Like,、um, I don't know, like, in my mind, it's like my family dishwashers, it's like My family home, like, there's a dishwasher, but no one uses it. Like, <laughs> Asian household, like, no, you have to do the dishes by hand. You cannot use the dishwasher.、Either. I know.、Um, it's a drying rack, it's not a dishwasher. Exactly. I know. Yeah, I was kind of、yeah, like that,、yeah. but then now we have a dishwasher and then we're lazy, so now we start using it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I'm going to get a dishwasher, that's for sure. <laughs> And use it as a dishwasher. <laughs> and use it as a dishwasher, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's just something that but, you get from、yeah. dating someone with a similar cultural background, which is something、mm-hmm. I realized after dating you know, my、um, ex boyfriend that was like Lebanese. And、uh, mm-hmm. you know, at first I was like, it's fine. you know, you know Many couples、mm-hmm. do it, different racial、um, you know, dating.、Mm-hmm. But then I guess like, it works for、uh, a lot of people. But you know, for me, I realized there's definitely challenges because when you're You know, dating someone, you eventually want to go into a longer term relationship, which eventually may be marriage, you know, for most people.、Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you're marrying someone, you're not just marrying between yourself, you're marrying between your two families. And, like, right, yeah, yeah. you know, how it's going to be really difficult for, you know, families, especially in, you know,、yeah. Quebec, where we all speak so many different languages to right. communicate. Right. When my parents,、yeah. you know, my parents likely they're pretty fluent in, in English, but not so much in French. But let's say if I date someone's、mm-hmm. family who only speaks French,、right. then, you know, it's going to be yeah, really difficult.、Tough. Yeah. 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 I hadn't even thought about that, but that's so true.、Um, and then on top of like, Just, yeah, the communication or the language, then there's the values like you're talking about. Like,、um, and I, I'm just thinking back to like if your family's Catholic or Christian, like, if, if 
your partner's family wasn't Christian, you know, would they be as accepting of the mm. same Christian values or not, you know, or would they have like um, oppositions, you know? So, yeah. like these these things that are fundamental to your relationship for sure. Um, exactly. It's like undeniable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. L- yeah. Luckily, my uh, husband's family is really accepting, even though they're not Christians, but. They're very oh, they're understanding. Okay. Um, the fact mm. that I'm Christian, and so there's certain rituals that do they do in the family to kind of honor the ancestors that as a Christian, mm-hmm. like yeah. you know, I'm not supposed to do. So they are right. aware and they totally right. respect that. So we mm-hmm. just kind of like respect both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. I. I thought Eric was Christian, but no, he's not. So he didn't grow up in a Christian family, but then like he kind of like be- he became a Christian. Um, it was like after he oh, met me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know if this is even like on the table or whatever, but like if you guys were to have kids, you would probably raise them christian as well. I imagine. Yeah, because or... like it's so yeah. important. I think that's like one thing that really. Uh, gives me a very uh, strong foundation in my life because you know for the longest time you know your podcast called raging asian so you know for the longest time <laughs> i just always feel like i need to identify myself in a group you know that is you know considered acceptable right so coming here for my whole mm-hmm. life i've been you know trying so hard to become socially accepted you know trying to get rid of all my mm. accents which i think i managed mm. to do but then there's still certain words that i can't pronounce properly which my friends always <laughs> laugh about but i'm like you know whatever uh, that's part of who yeah. i am now but for my whole mm. life i've been exactly. trying to be accepted be you know be mm-hmm. loved be you know like everyone yeah, else yeah. wants to and right. but then now now that i've accepted jesus it's really like my identity is really in him and being identifying jesus just means that he loves us no matter who am i what i've done doesn't matter how messed up i am you know doesn't matter doesn't Mm. matter how messed up you are he will always love us Mm. no matter what um Mm. and then that is such a strong foundation that gives me the strength to not be limited to Mm. you know whether i'm asian whether i'm an immigrant whether i'm you know i'm not super smart Mm -hmm. i'm not you know i have all my flaws i'm not perfect but because you know i have jesus and he always always back me up you know that no matter Mm. where i am you know i know that i will my foundation will be strong in him so Mm -hmm. that's like such a protection that i think i can get it from anything else in my in my in my life in this in this world i think um Mm. and so definitely i would want my kids to have that layer of protection to be able to love the Mm. way that he is loved um Mm. you know by jesus yeah Mm. well and it's interesting like that you also relate your your background like as uh immigrating too because like it is such a difficult experience and then there's so much microaggression racism sometimes Mm -hmm. and hatred right so i can totally see how that message of love and acceptance um resonates so strongly and like um because there's just yeah there is so much kind of hate and and negativity in the world right that you don't want to focus on that or like not that you well no one wants to focus on that but it's um to try to find yourself and find who you are as a person and anyway so it it's a difficult process um, amongst all of that kind of mm-hmm. uh, negativity and, and to focus on the love aspect, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really grounded is me. Some, is, 
yeah yeah it's and it's a message that you know sometimes people well because of like institutional religions right yeah people kind of get uh freaked out by or um get you know like there is a like terrible things also historically just you know that uh, have come out of oh, like yeah. institutional religion that's undeniable but, for sure yeah there's so much and mm-hmm. yeah exactly that like for sure it deters so many people from religion but um if you look at the messages you know that's not what they're saying right they're never they're never advocating for these terrible um or the way that people interpret them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We are so we are so flawed, you know, we're so imperfect and you know, yet Jesus still loves us. So that's why we're like, how do we deserve this? You know, like mm. and then God is a justice God. Like if you read the Bible, he punishes. He punishes mm. like people who follow him all the time because they do crappy stuff. <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. so just. He doesn't yeah. only punish the evil, he punishes, you know, the good who doesn't obey the you know the, his his yeah. um, his commitments mm. right and mm. you know so it, it just yeah it's so mm. it's so unfortunate that you know mm. people are the way we are um and mm-hmm. that of, unfortunately we often only see you know the things that are played out from humans right. and i yeah, i totally get why people are turned away from religion but at the same time just say no give jesus a chance you know don't mm. don't let the human beings turn you away from Jesus. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I'm just thinking, because um, two weeks ago, like the last episode um, was also kind of about religion. Um, uh, but I, I'm glad that we're talking about it again because this is a different perspective. Like basically last week's episode, um, uh, Nathan, he grew up, in a Baha'i household, which is a faith that I didn't really know about. It's like a Persian um, faith that is fairly new, actually, in religion. But um, anyway, so I was learning more about that. But he kind of also has, he's now, he's uh, atheist, Mm -hmm. agnostic, atheist, atheist. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so, um, you know, it was interesting to hear him reflect on his childhood, growing up with that faith, and then um, coming to terms with his, like, uh, atheist, atheism, and anyways, so mm-hmm. it's nice to also have the other perspective from you about, like, embracing religion and and, um, and living your life with religion and, and taking pride in, and finding your identity in there as well, mm-hmm. so I think it's a nice kind of balance um yeah exactly to get hearing, both perspectives it's always you know? fun to hear from different people's perspective yeah and learn from each other maybe we should move to the raging or aging asian game sounds um, good and this time <laughs> i'm gonna try to um provide a better example or explanation of the game because a lot of people have a lot of people have like misunderstood the game um and so i mean basically it's very simple there's just like a list of things that i'm gonna read out i have a powerpoint too um and then you just tell me if you feel like it's raging um as in like it's um 
emerging, like, trending. I don't want to say hype, but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's trending. It's like mm-hmm. um, high intensity. It's like exciting. I don't know. Or if it's aging, kind of passe, old, kind of decaying. Oh, these, these words sound negative, but I'm, you know, just like, it can be even like nostalgic mm-hmm. or, um, yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'll kind of like share our, our responses and, and then, um, basically I will see like how many you think are raging and then that might mean you're a raging Asian <laughs> or if you, you know, like if yeah. most of them are Asian to you, maybe <laughs> You're like, oh, all of this is... Uh, I, I feel like I'm going to be Asian. an Asian Asian without even doing the game. Sometimes I feel like that too, honestly. <laughs> Just like... I'm such yeah, a grandma. Oh, same. Oh, my God. Um, okay, here, let me... Okay. <laughs> so the first one, this is going to be fun, is the like Asian lady visor. I don't, have you seen these before? Like the visors yes. that a lot of like... Chinese or like Asian ladies wear. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, uh, and this one's like juicy just, couture. It's like a fancy one, you know. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Just the juicy couture <laughs> thing makes me want to say like raging because maybe they're making that new trend or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, look at that. It's like and all the like wear your sunscreen. You know, all of these like trending things of like take care of your skin. Right. Oh, like, so. Funny. Asian ladies but have been honestly, on it first. <laughs> oh, yeah. But honestly, I have to say, I think this is aging mm-hmm. now. Because, like, from what I've seen in Asia, I think they have, like, other things to, like, shade their faces okay. now. Yeah, this is like, past just, like, already. Better yeah. looking. <laughs> exactly. Better looking, like, like hats for, yeah. you know, something. Yeah. Or some of them, they even use umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they walk under, like, bright sun with umbrella. <laughs> yeah, I really and then, like, people in, in, like, the Western world are just, like, what's going yeah. on <laughs> there's no rain is there rain what's happening <laughs> so, yeah. like, oh, so, so this is a aging for okay. me what did i say oh mm-hmm. i said raging i don't know i was like this oh, wow. is like this seems like a fancy fancy new trend you know well maybe for like americans you know because i like americans are always kind of late to the game <laughs> so like you know this mm. used to be um very popular in asia but like you're saying like they already have new technologies and cutting edge things <laughs> but like these visors are only starting in like america so <laughs> yeah um, yeah probably that's so funny. um okay and now we have oh the like the, a century egg is that really i we would call it thousand year old egg that's what my family calls yeah. it. yeah yeah that's how um uh, well in chinese is pitan okay which is thousand, yeah, thousand, a thousand years? year yeah. egg or yeah. something, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Huh. So this one's fun because it's like, it says thousand year old egg. Like, is it, is it old? But is it like, I don't know. But is it like, I mean, some people love it, some people hate mm. it, right? So it dep- depends on you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I kind of grew up eating this, which mm. is you know. It's not new to mm-hmm. me at all, but I would say this is aging okay. because I'm thinking about like all the Asian food trend mm. that we have. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's not really this. We don't really have this anymore.、Mm-hmm. Um, I do see sometimes some, you know, um. You know, traditional Asian food becoming more and more trendy.、Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in Taiwan, we have a thing called zu shui gao, which is basically glutinous rice mixed、mm. with poor blood,、Whoa. and then we make it into a brick.、Yeah. Um, and that's actually becoming more and more trendy. Surprising,、oh, which、wow. is you know very hard to be accepted by many right, people. Right. Who,、oh, you know, the moment they hear poor blood, they're like, "Oh my、yeah. gosh, like what is that?" But It's actually、right. delicious. I love、right. it. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. What did I say? I forget. Oh, I put aging as well. Aging. Just the thousand-year-old、nice. egg, I think, and then <laughs> just like it throws me off. Um. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And I don't know. Yeah, this is also something that just like they're always in our fridge. I never personally eat them. <laughs> it's just <laughs>、mm, I don't have the taste、yeah. for it. But it's it's yeah. Um, It's definitely acquired taste.、Yeah. Okay, durian. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this durian, I hate、yeah. it, but it's raging,、mm. and this is like my husband's、mm. favorite fruit.、Okay. Like he、wow. loves it, and his、wow. whole family loves it. And it's so funny; they like to feed it to me and just to see、oh、my, my reaction because I hate、oh、it. No, that's so funny. <laughs> like funny, but also in like a mean way. But like not mean, but funny. Yeah. Oh my god. But so this is durian.、Um, For like people who don't know durian or have never tried it, I don't know. Some people say that it tastes like stinky feet. Is that yeah? I don't know. Like I to me, it tastes like onions. Onions. Oh okay. Oh interesting.、Mm-hmm. I've I've had like ice cream, uh, durian, and even、mm. that I was not able to do. I was like, oh my god,、mm. it's just smells and. Like、mm. just because the smell is so powerful, and then you taste it, and it's like, oh, this is like sweaty boy locker room. Like, gross! I don't want to eat this. It's like no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, and it it's not expensive in North America, so、mm. why would I pay so much money for, <laughs> you know, stinky feet? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>、um, sorry to all the durian lovers out there. Yeah, sorry to all the durian lovers. But so you said raging. I also said raging、yeah. because. Nice. Yeah, some people love it, some people hate it, but I think just the strong, intense like emotions is raging. Either way, you, you like hate it or love it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then、oh. I don't know. These are fun. This is just. I think it's the last one. But um, Muji stationery. <laughs> these like Muji store. We don't have one in Quebec actually. But、um, yeah. Unfortunately, they just they have the best stationery. It's like Japanese IKEA, basically.、Oh, they have like furniture,、so、all these like beautiful things. Ah,、oh, and then these pens. So simple. Yeah. Yeah. So like simple. So、mm. so good to use. So like good quality and、yeah. not expensive. It's、yeah. just like、oh, the best place. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah,、uh, and I, I'm actually starting to see more and more like people in Canada using it. Like I,、mm-hmm. I know some of my like um you know Caucasian friends、mm-hmm. or、yeah. um you know people in school that I met. They're using the Muji pens,、yeah. and I'm just like, wow! Like even you know about that.、Mm-hmm. So definitely, this is raging for me because I think like it's、yeah. getting more and more popular in North America. Oh yeah, yeah,、uh, me too, and I think. Just noticing, like, yeah, so many students at McGill using Muji pens too. Like, I knew about it for a while now, but then 
I think over the years, like I started noticing it more and more and people were, you know, there's gotta be, there's someone who's like bootlegging the Muji pens and stuff into Quebec because clear, you know, like, like people are getting it and they, Muji should it's just like, open here. They should just open I know. Them. And it's like people who own these pens are like, wow, you're you're a cool person. You know, <laughs> like if you see someone yes. with a Muji oh pen, God. you're like, you're a cool you're person. Cool. You, just you like know how what's like up. yeah, exactly. Just like how like in the in the class when someone's having a using a MacBook, you know, back yeah. then when like less people are using a MacBook, right. but the moment you see someone using a MacBook, you're like, wow, you're a really cool person. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, this person's up with the trends. They know. They know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also put raging. It's undeniable. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's see. How many did you answer? So the first ones were all pretty much aging for you. I don't know. I'm inclined yeah. to say you. your guess was right. You called it aging (laughs) aging asian but not in like a negative way just like in fact it's more like you know like like these things aren't trendy anymore and you know like that in asia there's trendier things already like that are coming so Mm. i want to say like if anything you're the trendier asian and you know you're like forward looking (laughs) and these things are just the the trendy aging asian exactly you're the trending aging asian love it love it absolutely oh my god i'll take that title it sounds cool yeah oh yeah oh you're so cool oh you too thank you so much i mean this pretty much covers everything and we've talked about so much i feel like wow there's we covered it was such a great conversation i feel like we could just like honestly keep talking for another four hours yeah yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) you know we talked about like happy sad things like you know all the emotions um careers Mm -hmm. love life this that you know Um, yeah you know my whole life now (laughs) oh i love it but this is like what brings me so much joy you know like just hearing people's stories yeah Mm-hmm, definitely it was so much fun thank you i'm so like honored to be on your podcast today it was so much fun yeah it was Aww. you know you're such Aww. a great host and uh Aww. great questions Aww. and the aging raging game was so much fun too loved Aww. it <laughs> oh i'm glad mm-hmm. you had fun with it yay okay <laughs> i'm never sure how it'll go you know <laughs> like if people like it or not don't worry Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. New episodes will be up every other Sunday. You can check them out on the Raging Asians website on WordPress or directly on Spotify. Before I go, I want to give thanks to the people who have helped me put this podcast together. Monica Batak for encouraging me to produce it for her class. My mom for her endless feedback. And Daniel Chu Castillo for showing me the ropes to podcast producing. The intro song you heard is originally by Aquafina called Cakewalk. And the cover art is from the Aya anthology of Asian American writers by Frank Chin, Jeffrey Paul Chan, Lawson Fusao, Inada, and Sean Wong from 1975. See you next week. And in the meantime, keep raging. Yeah.
okay, 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 yeah.